Traversing the fields of geekdom. How about you? Uh, it... Climbing the mountain of pop culture. Who wants to play video games? Oh. And defeating the dark lord of social media. It's The Geek Show on 1470 and 100.3 WMBD. All right, welcome to The Geek Show. I'm your host, Corey Wara. How's everybody doing? If you don't know, if this is your first time to The Geek Show, welcome. The Geek Show is a show where we take a break from all the news, all the yelling, Donald Trump, this, Republicans versus Democrats. Push that aside, and let's talk about some fun things, video games, TV shows, movies, a little bit of everything. Of course, The Geek Show is brought to you by Mega Replay, Peoria's best place to buy, sell, and trade movies, music, video games, video game systems, and electronics. You can visit them at the Metro Center or on Facebook. Mega Selection, Mega Savings, Mega Replay. And yes, welcome to the Geek Show. I have a jam-packed show as always. What are we doing today? Well, we're going to start off with the news of the week. Apple and Netflix are partnering up. I got a couple new apps that are interesting. And the question of the day, how much would you pay to not have any advertisements online? Facebook. USA Today, wherever you go online, well, there's a list, but how much would you be willing to pay for it? There's a new company that might be in your wheelhouse or something you want to subscribe to. I know, another subscription service. Then we'll talk about the fact that it is Saturday. What are you going to do? What are you going to see this weekend? Well, we got some options, but not really. We're kind of in the in the meh period, I, I like to call it. Um the Oscar movies are going to be coming out in theaters because they're going to try to get some hype behind that for the Oscars. But besides that, nothing, anything huge right now. But we'll start ramping up as we get closer and closer to the summer blockbuster season. Then after the news, we will come back to Corey's Tech Corner. And I'm starting uh, something new this year that I want to continue throughout this year, especially in the year 2020, because we have an election. Oh, Corey, you're talking politics. I know, I know. But wait. It's going to be a tech-focused informational piece because there is a there's something that happened this week where a big candidate, specifically Joe Biden, came out against a program called Section 230. And I want to talk to you guys about that, and I want to break it down and explain it to you in a way that you can understand because I feel like this, specifically this 2020, is going to be a lot of technological things that people are going to be running on. And I want to give you guys the best information to have. Of course, I will give you my personal uh, view on the subject, but I will give you that. And then so that if candidates bring it up later down the line, whoever goes against Donald Trump uh, and they bring it up, let, let's say, in a debate, that you'll know what it is. So you don't have to worry about that because you'll have it in the back of your mind. Uh, but yeah, we'll be talking specifically about section 230, and I hope you like it. I worked really hard on it, and I was really happy with how it turned out. It's really fascinating because it even how it was created all stems back to a company that was talked about in a Martin Scorsese film. I know. Okay, enough teasing. Then we end the show with the top five list of the week. I got some movie trailers. I got a news blooper. I got a thing, and I got a, another thing. That means five. But with that, you guys, let's get into straight into the news, and let's start off with, uh, let's do some hacking news. Oh, hacking. Did you see that earlier this week, more than half of the teams on the NFL and the NFL itself, their social media accounts were hacked? On top of that, the UFC 
and uh, ESPN accounts were all on their Twitter and Instagram pages were hacked, which is kind of insane. You would think these companies would have better protections. But it later came out that it was all in the doings of this group called Our Mine. Our Mine is a huge hacking group that uh, kind of disappeared in 2017. They hacked the social media accounts of Mark Zuckerberg, the head of Facebook, Jack Dorsey, the head of uh, Twitter, and HBO. But what's interesting is there hasn't been any uh, record of them for the past three years. According to a statement that was given to NBC News about someone connected to the group Armine, uh, they stopped work in 2017 to, and I quote, due to some issues, end quote. I don't know what that means. And the group is now back. What's interesting is a lot of these hacking groups that I even talked about, I think, what, this is the third year of the Geek Show? Yeah, so three years ago. Uh, have kind of disappeared, uh, anonymous specifically. The guys with the masks, uh, they have completely disappeared. It makes you wonder if the police finally caught up to them or maybe they just lost interest. I don't know. It, it's really, really interesting, but we'll keep an eye on that. If we got big hacker groups out there again, we're going to, you better uh, double check your passwords on everything. There is a cool new app that just released this week for iPhones only. It's called Double Take. It's brought to you by the company called Filmmike, and they have uh, they are known for their pro camera app, so that they can make your iPhone uh, have a bunch of options to make the perfect image that you want. But they've released a brand new free app called Double Take, and this one's fascinating because I never thought. That we needed this. And I'm like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Why couldn't we do that before? This app allows you to record two videos at the same time, one with your back camera and one with your front camera. And I really like this aspect of it because the options there and they record two separate video files at the same time. So it will be incredibly easy to edit if you want to cut from one spot to another in the editing process and not have to worry about recapturing the same image and the same footage again. And it's really cool. They also talked about how they want to, uh, they want people to use it for like podcasting. So you can just set the camera in the middle and boom, you have a two way camera set up for podcasting. I think that's really cool. Um, you're going to be able to choose from your frame rates from 24 frames per second all the way to 30 frames per second. It is free. It is on iPhones only and it came out earlier this week. So if you're interested, Take a look. Double take. Really, really cool. Apple and Netflix. So we just talked about hacking. Now we got to go into the complex subject of streaming. Streaming is obviously the big thing that's happening right now. Everybody has a streaming service. I, I think I need a geek show streaming service. We're $5 a month. You get, I don't know, some geek stuff. But uh, Apple and Netflix have a problem, though. Uh Apple never had this from the beginning. Netflix did, and they're losing it because everybody else is going to streaming. But they don't have a back catalog. So specifically with Apple, what that means is they don't have older TV shows to watch. One thing that made Netflix incredibly popular was it had shows that a lot of people like to rewatch over and over or just have on in the background, like The Office or Friends. But the companies that own those franchises are now having their own streaming services, and they're telling people, hey, if you want to watch Friends, if you want to watch The Office, you got to come over to the NBC app. 
And because of that, Netflix and Apple are bleeding in regards to content. You can't keep pushing out new content and hoping that something works. You need something that can be an addition. So people will say, oh, wow, look at all these cool things on Netflix. Oh, they also have uh, The Simpsons on there. So I'm definitely going to subscribe so I can watch all of that. Uh, they are both in need of a back catalog, and they both have their eyes on MGM. So I feel like they're going to be fighting off uh, each other to try to get MGM. Or, and here's Corey's wild prediction for 2020, what if Netflix and Apple team up? Okay, Ugh. I know, Corey, two giant tech companies joining up again. I know, but I think Apple could buy Netflix, and I think that would be a partnership that would help them outstandingly. I don't know if it's a partnership or if one buys one out, but I think those two teaming up would help because Apple is bleeding right now, but they have, while they have some interesting movies and shows, they're not doing that well. But Netflix is killing it in regards to new content, new movies. I think Apple might eye them and buying them over uh, expanding on their own collection of uh, properties. We know recently that the people behind the Apple streaming service who does all the creative content and decides what new shows are being made was recently fired and someone from HBO was bought and put in for Apple. So I don't know. We'll have to see in the long run. Apple Plus is still out. Uh, I think it's $5, maybe a little more a month. And um, I don't. that's uh, one of the only streaming services I don't have. Uh, none of the shows really look that good for me. Uh, Netflix, they have some great shows every once in a while, some good ones. I think one in the top five list is a movie uh, this week that's coming out on Netflix. But, yeah, looks really, really cool. Uh, this one's really cool, and what stinks about this is there's a new website that you could do something cool. But the thing is, is I, I would love to just read you the website, but is it a bunch of random letters that you have to type in and then go to it? So because of that, I, I know you're driving. I know you're doing something else and listening to this in the background. I'm not going to let you, you know, stop whatever you're doing and write this down. So if you go on Google, type in City Roads Project. And it's a really cool thing where it takes you to a website and it asks you to type in a city anywhere you want. You type it in and it will, I think it uses like, it takes Google images and it removes everything from them except for the roads. And it comes up with this image that looks really, really cool. I did it for Peoria, the downtown area, and uh, the Heights area and all of that. And it looks really stinking cool. It looked like a really nice version of a map. I, I was laughing because I'm like, oh, wow, we don't need maps anymore because we have access digitally and we have access to this where we can just print it out and have that information on hand. But definitely look it up if you like weird, cool things like that because I thought it was really cool. City Roads Project. Now, the big question of the day, how much are you willing to pay to not have advertisements on websites? There is a new company that just released their new service called Scroll. Scroll is a company that will, for $5 a month, make hundreds of websites ad-free. You might be saying, well, Corey, why the heck have we not had this before? Well, it's simple. All of these companies that have advertisements on there make money on advertisements. So when you have a fake ad blocker, when you, not a fake ad blocker, when you have an ad blocker on there, you are cutting revenue from these websites, and they have to pay for keeping the lights on and for writers and all of that. And because of that, there have been no good ways for them to get their money. So this is how it works. Scroll launched uh, earlier this week with support of a major 
uh, websites and networks, including the Atlantic, BuzzFeed, Geo Media, Fox Media, and many, many others. I think a couple newspapers, too. But once you sign up for Scroll, those websites will be 100% free of all advertisements. No more clutter, no more any of that. So it should actually increase the speed of the Internet and the information you get. But what it does is it installs an extension into your computer, and it places a cookie in your browser that lets websites know not to serve you ads so that whenever you go to any website, boom, no ads. It's great, just what you want, and you can move on. So how does this all work? Well, Scroll keeps a $1.50 of it, of the $5 fee per month, and it divides the rest to all the other websites. It's actually kind of cool because it actually will show you via uh, the software and the program that you use where your money is spent. So if you go to only BuzzFeed all the time, all that money will go directly to BuzzFeed. But, and they show an example, if you go to like 10 of those websites, whoever's website you go to more often will get a bigger pay, but everybody else will get money for you visiting it. It's cool, but I'm really curious to see if that's going to help companies. Cause I like their example, they said BuzzFeed news, uh, gets 18%, 18 cents from this person is 18 cents worth what they would get when they had the advertisements on there. I don't know. And the other thing is, uh, that worries me, but I give them 1000% credit because they are upfront about it. And that is they track everywhere you go because they have to, they have to have a cookie on your computer and on your phone to tell websites, Hey, this guy's paying for something, no advertisements and no ads. And it also shows in the fact that it shows you how the money is broken down every month to where it goes. So do you want websites to track your information like that? Where you go, what you do, what you read, what you everything. They claim they won't sell your private information, but we know how often companies totally follow that rule. But I don't know. It'll be really interesting. I'm actually really curious to see how this will affect the uh, the adult entertainment industry. Uh, will people pay for not having advertisements on those websites? Will people openly admit that they're paying to not have uh, uh, advertisements on those websites? I don't think adult websites are in this subscription package right now, but uh, it'd be very interesting to see if they try to do that in the future. But with that, you guys, we're going to take a break. Uh, you have to let me know. $5 a month for no advertisements. Would you do it? I'm paying $5 a month for no advertisements on YouTube, so I guess I really can't criticize people, but we'll have to wait and see. We're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to talk about the fact that it is the weekend. What are you going to do? What are you going to see? We'll find out. This is The Geek Show on 1470 and 100.3 WMBD. Welcome back to The Geek Show. I'm your host, Corey Wara. How is everybody doing? You know, it's the weekend. It's time to relax and just catch up on everything. I think in TV land, we have a ton of things to watch. Uh, movie land, uh, a little short. Let's head on down to Landmark Cinemas as we see what's happening out in theaters this weekend. Uh, well, first we have, let's talk about what's still out in the box office. I give huge props to this movie. It's the uh, third movie in a trilogy. And I never in my life thought that it'd be getting A, good reviews, and B, doing well in the box office. And that's Bad Boys for Life, the Martin Lawrence Will Smith film. It is doing really, really well. People are saying it's just a fun, good time. I am beyond shocked that I'm here talking about Bad Boys for Life. But if we learned anything, last year I had so many doubts about movies that turned out to be great, Dora the Explorer, and 
Uh, yeah, so maybe that's going to happen again this year, which is fine. Opening up this week is Gretel and Hansel, the new uh, horror movie that is... Uh, the best way to describe it is that it is a PG-13 rated horror movie that is very artsy. And by artsy, I mean it is very slow, and the camera movements are unique, and they don't have to explain a lot to you. It's all visually telling a story. And that could throw a lot of people off, so know that before you go in. But uh, the reviews are great. People are saying this is a really, really good horror movie. They're saying they wish it was rated R so that they could go a little more into places. But overall, PG-13 horror movie, you can't go wrong with that. Uh, the other one, the other big one I think a lot of people will be talking about, I think it's a limited release right now, is called The Assistant. And if you don't know, The Assistant is a film that's been getting a lot of traction, especially talking about the Me Too movement, because... It is a film about a young woman who I think just graduated, but uh, she goes and starts to work at a movie uh, company, like in the vein of like Universal Studios, Warner Brothers, or Disney. And in it, she does a role, a very menial role, where you start at the bottom of the chain, the food chain, which is usually reviewing scripts, writing a summary, and sending them off. You don't approve it, you just read them, give a summary, and then usually you put like a stamp of uh, this might be interesting or not. And you move on. It is the most demeaning job on the planet. You are treated like scum. But this one showcases something that we don't see because a lot of these people's stories aren't told. And a lot of people don't know that these jobs exist because you see the amount of people who make a movie. Uh, you can't always just point someone out and say, I know what that person's job was. But uh, it talks about the sexual harassment and physical harassment that a lot of these specifically women have to deal with in that industry and in that role and a lot of people are hoping that this movie will spark a conversation about it overall which needs to happen looking ahead in the world of tv or movies we have uh, birds of prey which is the, our first superhero movie of the year harley quinn uh back with her uh, gang i think i the canaries in there i don't remember the other ones but uh, early reviews are coming out. No official score yet, but early reviews have been coming out, and people are saying it's really good. It's not outstanding, but the action is over the top in a great way, and that Margaret Robbie, who plays Harley Quinn, nails that role perfectly, and they hope to see more of that. But we'll get a full review next week. Uh, before we take a break, I want to give a shout-out to three things that I watched over the weekend. Uh, one is The Farewell, which stars, I, I think her name's Aquafina. That's how you spell it, I know, and I apologize if I messed up her name, but she's up for an Oscar for it, and it is a heart-wrenching film, just makes you, I, I love movies about life and death and heaven and hell, and this is a movie that really uh, uh, hit me on a level that I, why I go to movies, to make me think. Uh, really, really good. There are some subtitles, so that may keep you away from it. Uh, the second one is the sequel to one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, which was The Shining. I watched Dr. Sleep over the weekend. I was blown away by how good that was. That was a solid movie. Really long, but it didn't feel long. The story was great. The acting was great. Really, really good. I was pleasantly surprised in the homage to The Shining in it. It was a great movie. And then finally, I have to, have to give a shout out to uh, yet another Stephen King thing. On HBO, there is a series called The Outsider, and I cannot stop talking about this show because it is so stinking good. Uh, it is on HBO. It's a murder mystery. Jason Bateman's in it, and it is about uh, 
trying to catch a murderer who can, well, I'm not going to spoil it. There's a nice Stephen King twist you'll find out in the beginning of the the series, but I don't want to spoil that for you. All I'm saying is the Geek Show recommends it, so definitely check it out. We're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to do something different, something I'm trying this year on the Geek Show, where we talk about something in a more informational point of view, and that is Section 230. Welcome back to The Geek Show. I'm your host, Corey Wara. This is a segment I like to call Corey's Tech Corner, where we talk about the latest and greatest in the technological world. But today we're going to be talking about one specific issue, and that is what Joe Biden said to The New York Times recently. Take a listen to this. I just think that social media has to be more socially conscious of what is important in terms of our democracy. And part of that is a little... Uh, truth in lending here and making sure that everything is not about whether they can make a buck. It requires the journalistic responsibility you have. You can't do what they can do on on Facebook. You can't do what they can do and just say anything at all and not acknowledge that when you know something is fundamentally not true. And uh, I, I just think it's a uh, it's a little out of hand. And I, for one, think we should be considering taking away the exemption that they cannot be sued for knowingly engaged on in promoting something that's not true. So you might be saying, Corey, we don't talk politics on here. Why are we talking about Joe Biden? Well, we're talking about it because as we enter this political season, we're going to be talking about a issue that both sides are talking about, and that is Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. So what is it? Well, the 1996 statute became known as a core pillar of Internet freedom, and the law that gave us modern Internet, a critical component for free speech online. And though this happened so long ago, it is still at the heart of major questions happening these days, especially with social media. And it all revolves around a simple question. How much responsibility do online platforms have on how their users behave or get treated? So in order to talk about all of this, we have to go back way back 1994. This all started because of a court decision uh, that had to do with some online posts about a company called Stratton Oakman. On one financial-themed bulletin board website, someone had accused the investment firm of fraud. Years later, it obviously turned out that it was a fraud, and you might have heard of that name, Stratton, because, well, there is a fantastic movie by Martin Scorsese. Number one rule of Wall Street, nobody... Okay, if you're Warren Buffett or if you're Jimmy Buffett, nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in least of all stockbrokers. Right? Mm -hmm. It's all a fugazi. You know what a fugazi is? No, fugazi. It's a uh, fake. Yeah, fugazi, fugazi. It's a wazi. It's a woozy. It's a fairy dust. Yes, that of course is the Martin Scorsese film, The Wolf of Wall Street. This all started because of uh, that company and that group. And it's a fantastic movie if you want a little background on that company. Definitely watch that movie. Incredibly long, but incredibly good. But what came out of this case was, as I stated earlier, a uh, there was a online bulletin board called Prodigy, and they allowed people to write on their board. And somebody posted anonymously that this company was fake. So that company, uh, Stratton, based on The Wolf of Wall Street, sued Prodigy and said, uh, hey, I'm suing this person who wrote on there. Well, it turns out that Prodigy didn't, it was all anonymous, so they Prodigy couldn't give out any information. So the company decided to sue Prodigy and said, hey, look, 
you guys, because you're a bulletin board and you're offering this service, you have to monitor what people post. And and actually, a weird turn of events, the court agreed with him only specifically because it turns out that Prodigy actually goes through comments and cleans up if there's any dirty words. But because of that, they said, yes, you can be sued because you are going through and monitoring these things. You will be able to take things down because you are monitoring so much. Now, before we go into the pros and cons of the Republicans and the Democrats and what could happen potentially if this law is repealed, uh, we need to talk about what happened just two years ago where a uh, big alteration happened with the law. And that was in 2017, there was a bill that was sent to the Senate and to Congress, and it finally passed in 2018, called the SESTA Act. And it was the Stop Enabling Sex Trafficking Act of 2017. Uh, the act would carve out expectations uh, to the Section 230's blanket liability. Many supporters of the bill did not su- oppose Section 230, and they recognized the free speech concern. What they wanted to address with it is that it would address some of the problems with Section 230 that have been protecting illegal and harmful activity being conducted on websites such as Backpage.com. And to give you the best example of this is Craigslist. Craigslist was a huge thing that we talked about a lot. There was a lot of people who would post on Craigslist that would uh, not explicitly say, sometimes it did, but sometimes it did not, that... If you you can hire this person for a sex act of some kind or sexual activity of some kind, this is uh, this act was put into effect to stop that. So that's why Craigslist, Google and Reddit were all effective uh, tremendously. And that's why a whole section on uh, Craigslist was taken down, because this law passed saying if anything in prostitution, in uh, sexual activities uh, that are illegal, you, a company like Craigslist, like Google, like Reddit, would be held responsible. So because of that, we've already seen some changes. So what is it that the Democrats and Republicans want? I personally have not heard anything from Donald Trump specifically about this, uh, 230. I've looked around. I couldn't find much. If I find anything more, I'm still researching more about it because it's fascinating. But if I find more, I will definitely uh, bring it out and talk about it later on in another geek show. But uh, I only bring this up because we were talking about Joe Biden, and Joe Biden mentioned it, and even Beto O'Rourke brought it up on the campaign trail, and I feel like this is going to be something that we'll be talking about. So the Democrats want more restrictions. They're saying, yeah, well, Facebook's monitoring it, but they're not monitoring it well enough, and because of that, it's creating violence on the Internet, and it's even radicalizing people. So they want to hold companies responsible if... A person goes out and live streams the shooting that happened in New Zealand. Because of that, videos were posting all over the Internet. Uh, they live streamed it, and they're saying that big tech companies should be held responsible if people do that. So that's one side of the story. Facebook would say, well, look, we can't control everything, and we don't have the resources to control everything that people put out there, but we're trying our best to edit and moderate and delete videos as they pop up. Republicans on the other side are, well, they, uh, they're they a little looser on the restrictions. They claim that moderation is bad. They're saying that the Internet is biased against conservatives. So if you look into the rules, there is a very, very common misconception about Section 230. 
and that is that the law does not require neutrality. So you can make your own rule, and that's totally fine. So if Facebook wants to be more liberal or more conservative, they have every right to because it's in the law. There is no specific wording that says you have to be neutral. Some Republicans even claim that Twitter and Facebook are such big places and big have such a big impact in our lives that it is almost a social public space and it needs to have these rules so that everybody's getting fair and balanced information. Well, here's the thing. Twitter and Facebook both have a set of rules. And guess what? Everybody, I, I say this all the time on The Geek Show, when you sign up for it, there is a great big section that none of us reads, none of us want to take the time to read it, that says Terms and Services. You are essentially signing a contract. And that contract says that Facebook, Twitter, or whoever you're signing up for can say and do whatever they want. You're agreeing to it. You can't sign a contract and then go back and say, well, I didn't know it was on there. You had every opportunity to look at it. And that leads to the heart of my issue with this. I think both sides are wrong because I am a person who supports tech and supports privacy and protects our rights to say and do whatever we want, even if it's incredibly stupid. And my worry is that people like Joe Biden and uh, like some of the Republicans, like I said, I don't know. Uh, I know Donald Trump wants to repeal it. I don't know much about his opinion about it. A lot of these people are older people that don't necessarily use the Internet for the way us average people do. And I don't think I, I hate to pull the millennial young card here, but I am. I, I don't think a lot of these older people running for office understand these rules and how it's going to affect things in the long run. Sure, if you just look at the blanket case of, well, yeah, there should be moderation. There should be uh, not any bias on social media. Yeah, let's take it down. Or if you listen to the Democrats say, well, yeah, I don't want live streams of shootings happening. We should increase the, the moderation that it happens. Those sound great on just looking at one side of it, but if you look at the bigger side, it could get worse. What is the bigger side, Corey? Well, let me tell you. There are two things you need to take away from this that could potentially happen. One of the, the talks when this was up for debate a while ago was that the FTC will deal with moderation for the Internet. So it would be up to the FTC to decide what is allowed and not allowed on the Internet. We would essentially be letting the government control what information we get. First of all, that's incredibly scary to me. But second of all, if you take out the fact that they could potentially, you know, tell us what we see and what information we get, you have to remember the Internet is crazy. We do not have the resources to moderate everything on the Internet, so they would do huge cutbacks. Some sites would probably go away. Uh, YouTube would go away because nobody has the time to watch all of these videos. I don't think we should put the government in charge of anything in regards to the Internet. We already have enough issues getting in line in the DMV fast enough. Uh, I think that they should leave the Internet alone. But then this leads to the very heart of this all. Let's say it's repealed. I'm a worst-case scenario guy. I always am. What is the craziest thing that could happen out of this? And there's two pretty big options. One is that you will have an incredibly moderated Internet to the point where it's just basic information. You can't comment on it. You can't post on Twitter. You can't upload a video. You can't say what you want to say because if you say a lie or if you say anything that's not right, anyone could then sue companies like Facebook or Twitter. 
The other one is that the other extreme, I should say, is that if this is repealed, the Internet companies could just say, "Okay, you know what? We're not going to deal with it because you either have to go all in and monitor the website like crazy or have no moderating abilities at all. And if that happens, the Internet will become a very dark, very sexually violent place because there will be a lot of nudity, a lot of illegal sex stuff on there and a lot of violence videos. I mean, obviously, there will still be good stuff, good people out there. But imagine 8chan, which is a incredibly terrible website where people post horrific and terrible things. But imagine that is the entire Internet. And that's what's at stake here with Section 230. And I'm, I want to bring up more informational stuff like this because uh, as we enter this new season of elections in 2020, I think uh, tech questions are going to be popping up more. And I hope that if you hear Section 230, you can say, oh, I remember this from the Geek Show. It's about uh, freedom of speech on the Internet, and here's all the talking points. Good. And you can go into the conversation, and you can hear politicians talk about it with a more full mind on what exactly it is they're talking about. With that, you guys, we're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going over the top five list of the week. Welcome back to The Geek Show. I'm your host, Corey Wara. The Geek Show is brought to you by Mega Replay, Peoria's best place to buy, sell, and trade movies, music, video games, video game systems, and electronics. You can visit them at the Metro Center or on Facebook. Mega Selection, Mega Savings, Mega Replay. And yes, this is the last part of the show. What do we do here? It's always the top five list of the week. And if you don't know, I am also the morning show producer for Greg and Dan. And part of that job requires me to look at a lot of online videos to see what everybody's talking about. So I collect the five that I think are the most important of the past two weeks, since we didn't have an episode of The Geek Show last week. And I combined them together and made this top five list of the top five most important videos of the week. I got one user-submitted video. I have two trailers, uh, a amazing thing that Jimmy Kimmel did, uh, of course, on the uh, recent passing of uh, Kobe Bryant, and then a hilarious video that I'm not sure if it's real or not, but it's funny anyway, and we'll play it. So where do we start? Number five. Our first trailer of the week. This is by John Stewart. Yeah, John Stewart. It's his second movie that he's making. It's coming out to theaters May 29th. It stars Steve Carell. It is called Irresistible, and it is a political comedy. I am telling you guys, Jack could be the real deal. This little campaign of ours has caught the attention of the National Republican Party. Why are you here? Because crushing the last piece of hope in your eyes really gets me off. It's good to see you. Yeah. You look fat. <laughs> John Stewart is known for his political movies, and this looks to be making fun of both sides pretty hard. It looks funny. Um, my only thing is that I, I watched this movie, I watched the trailer, and I'm like, oh, I kind of know what the movie is based on that trailer. Just it seems like your average comedy political movie. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Like I said, May 29th. Number four. Number four goes to another friend of mine who heard that I played a news clip last week, and I have another one. So if you don't know, I really, really like news fails, because when you do live TV and live radio, stuff happens, and sometimes you flub and say something wrong. And this is one of them. And I don't want to make light of the situation because it's about a police officer who passed away, but it was the way that she said it. We're going to play it once and then just move on. I, I just... I love stuff like this. It's really funny. Take a listen to this. Hundreds of 
advocates gathered today to say their final goodbyes to this fallen Louisville police officer, D.D. Megadoodoo. I'm sorry. <laughs> Number three. Number three. Number three goes to a video that I saw on Twitter this week. And I really, really, really hope that it is fake. But at the same time, part of me hopes that it's real. But I'll play this video. Uh, let me set. No, I'll just play the video and then we'll talk about it after. You stop pulling my face down there. No, I'm taking these back. Right now, will you get this virus? Jen, why are you pouring my beers down? You're off your head. Because of the coronavirus, not one in this house. Jen, it's got no. <laughs> yeah, so I'll let you be the judge. Is somebody really. I don't want to say stupid enough, but is somebody uh, naive enough to think that the coronavirus is really off of the corona beer? I don't know. I love that whole video, though, and the way that she's wearing a mask the entire time she's dumping the beers down the drain. Because, you know, opening up a beer and pouring it down the drain is a great way to get rid of viruses. Number two. Number two goes to our last trailer of the week. This is a movie that I saw the title for. And I said, okay, I just got to watch it based on the title. And I am not joking when I say this. This is Horse Girl. Oh. Are you okay? I don't know. And what is it that you're experiencing? I've been having a little trouble sleeping. Finding myself places and I don't know how I got there. You have nothing to be afraid of. You believe in alien abductions? So, yeah, never in my life would I be saying, hey, you guys should check out the movie Horse Girl that comes out on Netflix next week. And though I couldn't play the whole trailer for you, I highly recommend you look it up. Just go on YouTube, type in Horse Girl, and it'll pop up. But uh, the trailer itself starts off just seeming like it's going to be a quirky comedy, and then it takes a twist uh, that talks about like mental health and Maybe alien, actual alien abductions. I don't know. It's really, really cool, but I love psychological movies like this. It looks fantastic. Stars Allison Brie. Definitely check it out when it comes out next week, February 7th on Netflix. Here's number one. Number one. Number one, of course, has to go to, I, I tried to figure out, there were lots of videos to choose from, how to uh, honor Kobe Bryant and, you know, after that terrible a helicopter crash that took his life and his daughter's life and the lives of others. I, I was trying to figure out what to play. There is a outstanding Oscar award-winning short uh, animated feature that he made about his life that I highly recommend. I would have played that, but it's a lot of music, and you really need the visuals to really feel it. So definitely look that up online. But I, I decided to go with this, and I thought it was really powerful. So Jimmy Kimmel is a close friend of his, and... What he decided to do was he scrapped his entire show, like the audience, everybody left, and he did a solo show where he brought in clips with Kobe, he had a great monologue, and it was really, really powerful and really, really cool, especially just the fact that he didn't have the audience there. It was all him, it was all raw, it was him saying what he felt, and this is a little bit of that, and I want to share it. Yes, I know he was not a perfect person. I understand that. Uh, my intention is not to canonize him or, or make judgments about things I don't know anything about. But I will say he loved his family. He worked very hard, and he brought a lot of joy to a lot of people in the city, and we're going to miss him. There's no silver lining here. It's all, it's all bad. It's all sad. He was uh, a bright light, and that's how 
I want to remember him. So, yeah, his entire show was dedicated to Kobe and a lot of clips, a lot of talking. And you can just feel the emotion on him. He really cared about the guy, especially checking in on his son when his son had some issues when he was born. And, yeah, it's always interesting whenever uh, someone in pop culture or someone famous passes away, it makes everybody uh, down and sad and think about their life. And uh, I I think that what we can take away the most about this is to continue on his legacy of pushing forward, working hard, never giving up, and always trying to improve ourselves because that's what it is all about, according to him. And like uh, Jimmy said uh, in his monologue, we're not going to talk about the, the... Other things about his life that I honestly know nothing about. Uh, What's really interesting is I know zero, and I mean zero when it comes to sports. Very, very little, if not anything, in regards to sports, especially basketball. But I knew who Kobe Bryant was just by the name, and I knew he was a great basketball player. And stuff like that is cool. It was really interesting to see all of the people that around me in the geek world who aren't really into sports that knew Kobe, so... Uh, I wanted to play that clip. Definitely, definitely, if you get the chance, check out his Oscar award-winning, it just won last year, uh, short uh, animation about his life. Really, really good. And with that, you guys, we're going to call it a day. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend, and I will see you all next week. This is The Geek Show on 1470 and 100.3 WMBD.